We're in the middle of a series, or we started last week, uh, called The Jesus Way. And we're going to be continuing through this theme all the way through Easter and maybe even beyond. Talking about the ways of Jesus. Not just the way, but the ways of Jesus. And uh, I want to thank our very own Raina for this uh, beautiful graphic that she did. Raina Goodman, you do such a great job. Thank you so much for that. You got one woo from April. She's your biggest fan, so. Isaiah 55 and 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways, the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, or neither your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that it is living, breathing, that it does an active work. It is not just words on paper or on a screen. It is living, alive. It does surgery. It does repair. It does healing. I pray for that to happen today. May something be injected into our very spiritual DNA as this word goes forth today. Your word never returns void, and I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we hit this one thought that his thoughts and his ways are not ours. As I was reading it this week, I noticed something I hadn't seen before. In verse number 8, if you still have that up there, verse number 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. You notice he swaps those two. He's talking about his thoughts are not our thoughts. And then he says, and your ways are not my ways. There's two ways of looking at that. We can try to limit God's thoughts to our thoughts and try to think that our ways are equal to his ways. And he's letting us know that neither one of those are the case. I'm not where you are, and you're not where I am. So if you're thinking that's the way things are supposed to go, that's not how things are. I want to recap just for a moment um, on what we hit last week. If you were not here, I would recommend you getting the teaching and listen to it. If you're not taking advantage of that, it's online. You can go to thehillsnashville.com and go to our, our media page. I'm not sure what it's called now. Go to it, and it's all right there. I have people that text all the time saying or email, say, hey, been listening to the sermon. I've been on tour, been on the road. If you're not doing that, then you're missing out on what God's speaking to our body. So please go back and listen to that so you can stay on track if you miss time. Uh, last week, we, we touched on these two. Uh, we jumped on those words, the word thoughts and the word ways. The word thoughts in the Hebrew literally means design. So God's designs are not our designs. So all the designers and the creatives in the house today. God's designs are not our designs. And then remember we went in and talked about why do we design? And the answer to that question is in the question. We design because of the why. So I need people to hear my voice, so I design a 
microphone. I want to talk to someone across the world, and so I design a telephone. So design is because of the wine. So in other words, God's designs are not our designs, or what we could really say is God's whys are not our whys. He does things for different reasons than we do things. What I've found is my design always has me in mind. Right? Y'all quiet today. Let me say this. How many have found that your design always has you in mind? When you plan your life, when you design your day, how many are doing it based around you? And what I've found about God is God's designs always have me in mind. Isn't that beautiful? His design. He made man in his own image. He created man out of his own design. God is always thinking about us. And all he asks is that we, in turn, would think about him. And then we talked about the ways of God. The ways in the Hebrew means the manner, the actions, the conduct, the character, the habits. And so the thoughts are the why, the ways are the how. So we're talking about why we do things and how we do things. We focus so much on the what that many times we miss out on the why and the how. And what I found is those are the two most important things. Because you can try to spend so much time getting the what right and you get the why and the how all wrong. Remember, if you were here last week, I shared a very personal story about me in the middle of doing the work of God and counseling someone on the phone and muting it and screaming at my son because he was interrupting me. And that's when God taught me that I can be doing his work but not doing it his way. There is a difference in the what than there is the way. So I want to really encourage you today in your marriage, in your relationships, in your business dealings and all that, to really focus on not just what you're doing it, but how and why you're doing it. And so today, I want to focus on that scripture in verse 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Everybody say, my ways are not equal to God's ways. My thoughts don't come anywhere near God's thoughts. Last week, we said his thoughts and his ways are not our thoughts and not our ways. This week, the reason his thoughts and his ways are not ours are because his thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. So the reason they're not ours is because they're higher. Look at your neighbor square in the face. I know it may be hard for some of you because you fussed this morning, but go ahead. I tell them you're sorry. All right, now look at them square in the face and just take your hand and lightly caress their cheek. No, don't do that. Look, look them in the face. Watch out, Barbara and Larry. We saw what happened in front of everybody. Just, good Lord. They're going on a cruise this week. Oh, Jesus, help us all. All right. Look at your neighbor, and I want you to say this with me. He is God, and you are not. Some of y'all enjoyed saying that to your neighbor way too much. All right, let's make it a little harder. Everybody look at me. 
and say, he is God and I am not. It's a little harder, isn't it? Let's make it easy. Everybody say, he is God and thank God we are not. That makes it a little easier. His thoughts and ways are not our thoughts and ways because they're higher than our thoughts and ways. Three points, write them down. Three E's. His thoughts and his ways are more elevated than my thoughts and my ways. They're higher. In other words, if you're taking notes, write this down as well. He sees from a different perspective than I do. We went to... uh, went to the uh, basketball championship in Murfreesboro this week, and sadly, our, our CPA lines came up short by one game, and, man, they played so hard. Um, uh, and so we, we, uh, we were looking for seats. We got there early, and so I found some down here. So I ran down there. I'm, I'm getting down there, and I look up, and there comes Kristen. She's back over here. And I'm like, Kristen, over here, baby. I got seats. Kristen, I got seats. And she doesn't even hear me. Kristen, Kristen, I got seats, baby. I got seats. And she's looking around. Kristen! Not mean, not mean, just trying to get, I'm over here. I got seats. And then it turned a little mean, okay? Then it got like, you're not listening to me. We're going to lose these seats. These are good seats. I got seats. Luckily, Casey was with us, and Casey said, there's John. He's yelling at you. His face is red. I think he's saying we got seats. And so we get over there and we sit down. And I go, baby, we almost lost these seats, you know. I'm already a nervous wreck because my son's playing, you know. And we almost lost these seats. These fans are rabid. They bust people in. We have four people from our school that showed up, you know. We need these. These are front and center seats right here. These are good seats. I'm not yelling at you. You're over there hanging out. This ain't church. We don't need you ministering to people. We need you here ready to cheer our son. You're off of work right now. She's just so sweet. She just sat down there and cheered our son. And on the way home, she said, I want to tell you a little something. Actually, it was after we got home. We were kind of alone. She was nice to wait till we got alone. Let me let you in on a little secret. She said, I am three foot four. She's not, but close. She said, I am not of tall stature. She said, I don't think you've ever thought about life at my height. She said, I could not see you. I know you were screaming at me, but I didn't hear you, much less see you, because I'm here. She said, just think of your life as a fourth grader. And suddenly I saw all the fourth graders and fifth graders in my life and I realized, oh my goodness, I've never thought of life at that perspective. And man, after she said that and I humbled myself and said, you're right. I went back into my study to get some more study time and this was sitting here waiting. It was like God set this perfect thing up. And he said, so many times we're so focused on what we can see. And our life is at this perspective, and this is it, and it's crowded, and it's loud, and we can't find our way, and we're trying to figure it out. And we think that God sees things that way, and he doesn't. God is an elevated perspective. 
He sees things bigger. You ever seen those, the, sure you have, the, the, the shots of the earth from the, from the uh, space? It's amazing, isn't it? When you look at the perspective of it, and then, man, Google Earth has just changed everything, isn't it? We're going on a trip, and, and we're going to be staying at this place, and I wanted to see kind of where we were going to be staying. And, and so I just found the address, clicked right in, and just clicked right in there. Just zoomed around, looked around. Oh, okay, there's a park here. There's a Whole Foods there. Okay, that's going to be really nice. And then back up to see, okay, how far are we going to be for that? That's how God is. He sees things from a higher perspective than we do. I want to encourage you today to start asking God to allow you to see things from his perspective. To allow him, to allow you to see yourself through his perspective. To see your plan from his perspective. Your children from his perspective. Because his perspective is higher than ours. And not just a little higher. What did he say? As the heavens, so are my ways higher than yours are. And do you know how high the heavens are? They don't ever stop. They just keep going. There's no limit up there. It just goes and goes and goes. And he says, that's my ways and my thoughts. Isn't it amazing how we try to constrain and constrict God into our little box? Good luck putting God in a box. It's not going to happen. His perspective is higher than our perspective. Secondly, his perspective is more eternal than ours. It's higher than the heavens. Well, heaven is not only elevated, it's also eternal. Those of you that love long-range plans, how many love planning out long-range? You love it. How many can't stand it? Raise your hand. Okay, good. Uh, We were all here. I don't care how long you plan out. You can't beat eternity. He said, as far as the east is from the west, that's the love that I have for you. Don't you love that? His love goes on. You know, east and west is an infinite line. It never stops. just keeps on going. When God looks at your life and your situation and my life and my situation, he doesn't see it in the context of time. He sees it in the context of eternity. Do you understand how long eternity is? I don't know about you, and I've, I've said this before. Sometimes when I think about eternity and it just finally hits me, I get like kind of sick in my stomach. Let me do that. Like your brain goes, ooh, ooh. The old, the old timers used to say, if uh, <laughs> eternity is like this, if the sun was a steel ball. How many ever heard of this illustration? If the sun was a steel ball and a sparrow would leave the earth flying to the sun, once a year, and every year it would make its way to the sun, and it would go around the sun, and it would brush its wing along that steel ball and fly back to earth. And the next year it would go again. When that steel ball was nothing, eternity would just have begun. Does that freak anybody out but me? Just how long it would take a bird to fly and then you start thinking about hell and heaven, and you're like, oh, my God, that's, oh, it's a long time. Here's the deal. Finally, one day, I had this, this thing clicked in me, and I realized I was wrong. I'd been thinking about eternity as a long time when eternity is no time. Just makes it easier. It's not a long time. It's no time. 
And so there's no possible way that you and I can even think that way because everything we do is time. Right now, y'all are thinking, and we've got to take a vision offering at the end of this, and he's still preaching. How long are we going to be here? Am I going to be able to make it to get food? And I'm going to think about what's happening next and what you've got to do tomorrow. Everything we do is based on time, right? Everything. Calendars, time, 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 40 years, time, everything is time. Not with God, there is no time. So when he looks at you, his perspective of you is eternal. And he knows when he breathed life in you, you became a living being. Thus, inside of you, there is no time. The scripture says he placed eternity in the hearts of man. He doesn't look at you as 70 years and then no more. He looks at you as an eternal, living, breathing soul that your life will never end. That's how he looks at you. And all we're concerned about is, how am I going to get through this week? And he said, week? What's a week? I get to spend no time with you. No, I want to spend, no, I'm not talking about that. See, I get at the end of it all, when it's all, we get to spend no time together. There will be no limit on it. That's how God looks at your life. And he looks at your plans. He looks at my plans. When I'm concerned about success and failure and did I do that right? Did we care for those people? What about my boys and am I, God's looking at it as this big, long, beautiful thing. That when our life ends, our life just begins. I'm not a good preacher, but that is some stinking good preaching right there. If I attended this church right now, I would just be like, Woo! That's good preaching! But I don't attend this church, so. <laughs> that didn't make sense, did it? thoughts and his ways are more elevated. His thoughts and ways are more eternal. Remember, as the heavens are, and his thoughts and ways are more extravagant than ours. I love that word. I know men are not supposed to like that word, but I like that word. Extravagant. I mean, when you start looking at heaven, don't turn there now. I'm going to give you a little little homework you can look at when you get home. Just write this down. Uh, John 14, 1 and 4 which says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then Revelations 21, 18 through 21, the, our social media team, let's make sure that gets tweeted out and social media out so people can be re- reminded to look at that. Revelations 21, 18 through 21, it says this. It says that heaven is made up of streets of gold. Streets of gold. Isn't that crazy? You've heard the old story about the guy that showed up to heaven and they say that you can't take it with you, but he did. He had gold in his pocket and he showed up and he had all his gold in his pocket. And Peter's like, what you got there? He brought gold. He said, oh, that's asphalt up here. Streets of gold. Walking and driving. And not just gold. Read that when you get home. Clear gold. Crystal clear. It means it's so pure. There's not even a color to it. Crystal clear gold. That's what the streets are made of. Gates of pearl. Everybody say pearl. Say pearl, not pearls. Say it, say pearl. One. Every gate is made up of a single pearl. And not the gates to like your community. The gates to heaven. How big do you think those are? 
made up of one pearl. Can you imagine that oyster? You think the pearls are big, you should see the oysters. That means they're going to have oysters in heaven. That's awesome. Pretty cool. Then he goes on to say in Revelations that the entire city is made of gold. And again, crystal clear. God's thoughts and ways are more extravagant than our thoughts and ways. I mean, if I was God, I'd be like, look, you get to spend eternity with me. Done. Enough. Not him. He said, I'm Jesus and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when it's ready, I'm going to come back and get you. Working on it. Building it. Perfectly fit mansions for you and I. I would never think of that. That's why 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says that this is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Everybody say, I, ear, mind. In this room right here, I know some of you have seen some amazing things. Some of you have heard some incredible things. And the imaginations, man, we pastor, we're a part of an imaginative church. There's some creative people in here. How many have some crazy imaginations that you have for your life? Raise your hand. I mean, just crazy stuff that you believe is, is going to happen. I got all choked up just thinking about it. That you believe is going to happen. It says that you cannot even imagine. No mind, not just yours. The greatest scientific minds in the world cannot even imagine everything that God has for those who love them. Who wouldn't want that kind of life? Who wouldn't want that kind of life? And that's not just talking about heaven. That's talking about here and now. Ephesians 3 and 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Some of you had to muster all the faith you had as Nicole lifted these up. And you had to say, "Ah, oh man, And yet he says, immeasurably more than you can ask, immeasurably more than you can ever imagine, this is what he has the power to do within us. Say it with me, it ain't just heaven. Some of y'all didn't say it. Everybody say, it ain't just heaven. It's right here, it's right now. His perspective of me. But here's what I love. Here's what I love more than any of this is the fact that his ways are higher than our ways. They're more elevated, they're more eternal, and they're more extravagant. And yet, he did not keep his ways from us. See, the way of the world is this. If I have an idea for an invention, I'm not telling anybody. Right? My idea, I'm going to keep it secret, and I'm going to get all my patents, and then maybe I'll start showing. Or I have an idea for a song, or I have, because what that is, is that gives me a power over you. If I can keep my ideas, and, and we do that with relationships. We do that with, 
I'm not going to give all of me to you. And I'm going to keep a, a portion of myself for me. It really, it really scares me when, when folks don't just go all in. I want to go all in. You find something you love, you find somebody you love, why don't you just go all in? Because what, the reason we don't go all in is because we want to reserve that right to have that authority, to have that power. Can I get an amen from somebody besides me? Yes, we do. I want to encourage you today to be more like Jesus, who has all power, who has all authority, and yet Philippians says, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus, who laid it all down, laid eternity down, laid the extravagance down, laid the elevation down, and came as a human form, not just a human form, but as a servant in human form and became obedient to the will of God, even obedient to death. You do not get any more down on our level than that. Because that's the one thing we all have in common. We all die. And so for him to really become as us, he had to die. And so the beauty of the gospel is that his thoughts and ways are more elevated, eternal, and extravagant. But the beauty of the gospel is that he did not keep them to himself. Matter of fact, the way came to us. He didn't just send a map and say, hey, this is how y'all get here. He came to where we are. Say it with me. He came to me. But that's not the end. Now, wouldn't that be incredible? One nod. Wouldn't that be incredible? I'm not like I let y'all out. It would be amazing. God's thoughts and ways, they're higher than mine. Yes, that's amazing. I love that celebration right there. That's a sermon series in itself. That's a book. That's powerful. Okay, then he came to me. That's a book, that's songs, that's powerful. John said you could not, the world could not contain the knowledge that would be written about just that fact right there. That would be amazing, but that's not the end of it. Because Ephesians says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. He didn't just have thoughts and ways. He came to me with his thoughts and ways. And then through his death, burial, and resurrection allows me to be seated with him in heavenly places far above every principality, power, might, and dominion, every name that is named or ever will be named. You talk about elevated. See, that's how you change your thought process. Because most of us spend our life down here, right? Doing this, tr- like Kristen's perspective. Trudging, fighting. Oh, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it through. And yet the scripture says that we're supposed to be seated with him in heavenly places. What are we? We're down here. And the old timers would say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to get there with nicks on my sword and scars on my arms and I'm going to get there. I'm going to barely stumble into the heavenly gates, beaten, bruised. And yet the scripture says that Jesus is looking for a bride that is spotless 
without a blemish, not beat up. He wants us beautiful. He wants us protected. How do we get from this? Here, on a daily basis, here. And so we're gonna be spending time this next year talking about the difference in here to here. Probably gonna take us a while, but it's all a mindset of I'm a servant, I'm a slave, or I'm a son and a daughter. Big difference. Oh, I gotta get through, I'm gonna make it through, or I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Whatever he has, I have. That's a big difference. Look, you can get to heaven from here. You can get to heaven from here. It's a beautiful thing. This is not a salvation issue, all right? You can get to heaven from here, or you can just get to heaven from here. And it's not an easy way. This is harder because it's a continual death here. Continual, your mind has to go, wait a minute, I'm not thinking that way. Because it's a continual hitting you, right? Every day, right? You're gonna walk out of here today. That's it. I'm seated in heavenly places of Jesus Christ. Amen. Somebody pull out in front of you. Yo, blankety, I'm gonna. You get to work and none of them are thinking anything about God, you know? And so it's a continual thing, but we're going to get there. I'm telling you, we're going to get there. It's the only way we're going to do what God's called us to do is if we can get to a place that we see everything from his perspective. How many received that word today? Receive it? Pull it in? Come on, come on, pull it in. Just receive it and pull it into my heart today. I'm going to tell you, if you will take this word, if I will take this word, if we will take this word and begin to think about everything we do from his perspective, not just what would Jesus do, but how would Jesus do it and why would Jesus do it? How does he see things? And that person that just you cannot hardly even stand to be around them, what is Jesus' perspective of them? You can't even stand to look at yourself. What is his perspective of you? What are his thoughts of you? More elevated, more eternal, and more extravagant. I believe that the one thing that God's called us to do at this church is to help every individual step into the life that Jesus Christ promised. And what is that life? Say it loud. Abundant life. Another word for abundant is extravagant. Extravagant. I believe that God wants us to have everything we've ever wanted and more. He wants to pour it out upon us. And you don't have to go into debt to get it. You don't have to cheat to get it. You don't have to lie to get it, steal to get it. All you got to do is step into his perspective and start seeing things the way he sees things. Amen. Let me pray over you today.